you are listening to the Passion City Church DC podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, DC, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. I remember driving down I-35 South, leaving Kansas City just after Christmas in December of 2013. With my family in tow, we like, well, I like to drive at night so that everyone can be asleep. Not asking, are we there yet? Not asking, I'm hungry, uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Go to sleep, all right? That's Gatorade with NyQuil in it. I'm joking, never did that, okay? But go to sleep. But I just remember driving down I-35 South from Olathe, Kansas, and I remember somewhere in Oklahoma, in the middle of the night, I started praying. I had music going, sunflower seeds rolling, uh, the family was asleep, Team Henson was knocked out, and I'm rolling. And it was somewhere around Ardmore, Perry, Oklahoma, if anyone's familiar, I just remember on I-35 South, I asked God out loud, God, what do you want from my life in 2014? And the heavens didn't open. I didn't hear James Earl Jones' voice as Mufasa or Darth Vader. Mikado, you are my son. Here's what I have for you moving forward. I didn't hear any of that. I've never heard God speak audibly but I know that he can if he chooses to. In this moment, he chose to nudge me. He chose in the still small voice to be able to speak to me that night, driving down I-35 South, somewhere in Oklahoma. And here's what I heard God tell me as clear as day. All I want you to do is trust me. More please. All I want you to do is trust me. And any time I feel like God has shared a word with me, whether it be through someone, confirmed through the scripture, I wanna go to the word of God and say, what does that look like? And I remember I went to my go-to. You press me against the wall, I'm stuck in an elevator and I can only share one scripture. There's a good chance that I'm gonna share with you Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him, and here's the great promise, he will direct your path. We are all on a journey, beloved, and we're all traveling down a road, and if we have put our faith in Jesus, he is asking you, and he's asked me, all I want you to do is Trust me. But God, I'm like Gideon, I need some more signs, right? I need more, I need more. So I started searching the scriptures and said, where are some great narratives when Jesus called someone to trust him? Open up the gospels. Boom, there it is, right? Matthew 14 is where I was brought to. But I felt like I needed more. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 was great for me. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But God, I don't know what you're doing in my life or Team Henson's life, but I heard you clear in the still small voice saying, all I want you to do is trust me. That might be the word for you right now. I don't know what you're going through. God knows, 
And he may be whispering through this vessel today that all he wants you to do is trust him. And he's under no obligation to give you exact details of what that looks like. That's what this walk of faith is all about. That might be what brought you to Washington, D.C., is a step of faith where you decided to put your trust in him. But he led me to Matthew 14. And I'd like to give a little context as to what's happening. Because the first word we get through the CSB translation is immediately. So something's going on here. You go backwards a little bit, Matthew 14, and you open up. Well, John the Baptist had just gotten murdered. Jesus' cousin, the one who leapt in Elizabeth's womb when they came into contact with a pregnant woman with child, Mary. John the Baptist who said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist who looked like a crazy man, oftentimes acted like a crazy man. This man of God who baptized Jesus in the Jordan River had just gotten murdered. Jesus is fully God, he's fully man, so there's a real good chance he is now dealing with a broken heart. Have you ever had a broken heart? Has something ever broken your heart where you've grieved? Jesus knows how you feel. So that is going on, and then you get to the point of Jesus feeding the 5,000. You want him to do work, but he has a broken heart. It says that Jesus was moved with compassion on the crowds that were there. The disciples said, it's late, send them home. You need to get alone. And he had compassion on the people. And he said, no. And he said, give them something to eat. We just have two fish, five loaves of bread. Surely that's not enough to feed all these people. Jesus said, give it to me. Give it to what you have, give it to me. And it was at that time that Jesus blessed it, he broke it, and he handed it to the disciples. Everyone ate, those who sat down, until they were full. There were 12 baskets of leftovers from two fish and five loaves of bread. Jesus, fully God, fully man, broken heart, grieving, moved with compassion towards people. And then you get to Matthew 14, starting in verse 22 that says immediately. And this narrative is packed full of stuff that I truly, I say stuff, full of points, full of food, full of things that we can take in and go, wow, okay, I need that. I thought that all God was teaching me to do was to learn to trust him. But there was so much more. There was so much more that God wanted to do to me and eventually through me. And the same is true with you. God has so much that he wants to do to you. Well, I think I'm pretty good. Okay, great, you might be. But God sees you from the cradle to the grave. He sees where he wants to take you. He sees what he wants to do to you. Well, you wanna use me in that way? I'm sitting and down here during worship and I get overcome with emotion. You know why? Because I'm like, I'm the biracial kid from Olathe, Kansas, and you wanna use me on this stage to speak to your people? There's no way, I'm literally blotting my eyes, and I'm like, oh, come on, you can't go up there all puffy and crying and stuff, because I'm thinking about who I am. But God wants to use me. God wants to use 
you in your space. And so I knew that there was so much more that God wanted to teach me in Matthew 14, starting at about verse 22, going through verse 33. Probably because I identify with Peter so much. That cat, hot, cold, high, low, impulsive. You know, you walk up on his leader and he's ready to scrap. That's me. Pray for me. Somebody walks up on Jimbo, they got, and I'm around, you got real issues. That's, he, hey, he's got some leadership in my life, right? I'm kind of, put the sword away. It's kind of me. Popping off at the mouth and be like, dang, I'm sorry. You know, I'm that guy who has to loop back around and say sorry sometimes, all right? But I knew that there was so much more, but I heard God on I-35 South. Tell me in a still small voice, all I want you to do is trust me. And I had no idea what that looked like and what God was about to do, but I learned something. Familiar with the song Oceans? Who's familiar with that song Oceans, right? Have you sang that 10 or seven times in your life? Anyone ever shed a tear over oceans? You can go in and admit, you can say it was allergies, right? No, I'm so hard, something fell from my eyes like a pebble. It was a tear, okay? You ever gotten lost in the worship of that song? Well, I just found out downstairs it's called a bridge. There's a bridge in that song that speaks to me from this passage. I won't sing it. <clears throat> it says, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wonder. And my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. You're welcome for having that song now stuck in your head for the rest of the day. It's been my pleasure. But you think about all the things that are going on in there, that's a snapshot of what's going on in Matthew 14. Take me deeper. Take me deeper. Okay, God, I love, okay, trust, I, I get it. I know you wanna take me down that road, but I don't know where you're taking me. Because sometimes if God showed us five years, 10 years down the road, we'd freak out and say, not me, I can't do that. I don't, dev I don't dare see myself doing that. But that's why his word would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He, he may not show you five years down the road, but trust him for the next five seconds. And God was saying, all I want you to do is trust me. And so as I unpack this, and as God unpacked it with me first, I just wanna unpack five simple truths that I truly believe that if we leave here, we can leave stronger than when we walked in the door. We can leave something here at the altar of God that's something we carried in that we're not meant to carry any longer. Take me deeper, Lord. Number one, in prayer. Take me deeper in prayer. Verse 23, after dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. He's fully God, he's fully man, yet Jesus placed a high priority on prayer. If he placed a high priority on prayer, 
How much more ought we? Oftentimes, prayer is our last resort, but he's calling us to go deeper so that prayer, connecting with the Father, is our first, maybe only resort that we can lean, trust, depend on. The creator of the universe. If you're like me, sometimes you get caught up in popcorn prayers, and you know what? That's okay. There's a time and a season for everything. Little quick prayers here and there. Peter prayed one in this narrative, Lord, save me. That's a prayer. But then sometimes you're able to get lost in time and lost in space, being able just to to commune with the Father. But oftentimes, okay, Mikado tries to depend on his own strength. It's kind of like our phones. Right now, my phone has 84%. This morning, it had 100. But 16% has already been depleted from this phone through listening to songs and just getting ready this morning. I had it rolling, okay? This phone is good for 84%, but pretty soon, that phone's gonna get down to the red. And then pretty soon, that phone is gonna... (whistles) Gone. Then what is the phone good for? It's a paperweight, right? What's it good for anymore? Nothing. You can push all day on the buttons. It's not gonna come on. Why? Because it has lost its power. And what we need to do is connect to our power source. So can you take the phone and just put it against the outlet, the power? No, you gotta have something that connects you to that power. Jesus is our great connector. That's why we go through him Right, John 14, six, he is the way to the Father, right? If we wanna connect in relationship and receive the power that God has through Jesus, we have to get connected. Take me deeper, Lord, in prayer. It's, it's okay to seek counsel from, from, from godly people, but don't just seek counsel from people who are gonna tell you what you wanna hear. You must seek counsel from people who are gonna tell you the truth and they're gonna walk alongside you and then they'll hold you accountable. Better are the wounds from a friend than many kisses of the enemy. The enemy will wanna come play patty cake with you and be like, oh, it's all good, it's all good. But we gotta be able to connect with God in prayer. Mark 135 says this, Jesus had just healed Peter's mother-in-law and the whole town gathered at the door. Mark 1, you can read it. And it says he spent all night healing people and driving out demons and all those things. And it says in 135, but very early the next morning, Jesus got up while it was still dark and went to a solitary place where he prayed. If there ever was a day that Jesus could have hit snooze five, six, seven times. Maybe I'm the only one. Ah. It would have been that day, but very early. While it was still dark, he got up and he prayed. Ian Bounds said this, it is a great thing to talk to men for God, but it is, a, it is even greater to talk to God for men. It is a great thing to talk to men for God. That's evangelism, sharing your faith, you know, fellowship and believers, but it is an even greater thing to talk to God for men. Leonard Ravenhill said this, no man is greater than his prayer life. The pulpit can be used as a shop window to put man's gifts on display, but the prayer closet allows no room for showing off. 
That was from his book, Why Revival Tarries. So if you ever want to feel like, man, I need to get thrown around in the faith a little bit, Why Revival Tarries is one of those books because no man is greater than his prayer life. We can get up here and do a great sermon, but the prayer clause allows no room for showing off because God knows. And you might be saying, but I'm not a good prayer. Who said? Who said that? That's not God. Well, I'm not good at prayer. What? Because sometimes prayer, we always think that it's just us talking, but sometimes prayer is listening. Getting quiet before God. Take me deeper in prayer. You just want a simple method. This is old school. A lot of people, some people may know it. The the 40 and over crowd may know it. Acts, A-C-T-S. Spend some time adoring God. God, you're so amazing. You're so awesome. Oh, God, oh, you're just, you're this, you're that. Adore him. A, C, confess. Spend some time confessing where you have fallen short of his glory. T, thanksgiving. Spend some time just thanking God for all he has done, all he will do. And then you finally get to S. I get to ask my laundry list of stuff, supplication. Praying, God, you know what I need. I'm praying, praying for so-and-so, your list of supplication. So maybe Acts is just a simple way to get started. But if we're gonna go to the deep water and out of the kiddie pool, we've gotta start. And I wanna encourage you to maybe just ask God, take me deeper in prayer. Because Jesus modeled that for us. But not only take us deeper in prayer, number two, take me deeper in peace. Anybody need some more peace? Right? Remember, that's a fruit of the Spirit. So you have the peace you need. It just has to be developed. Right? And situations in life will help develop that. 24 through 26, meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from the land, battered by the waves because of the wind was against them. Jesus came toward them, walking on the sea very early in the morning. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. I want to encourage someone today. Fear has dominated you for far too long. It is time for you and I to start walking in and experiencing God's peace. Is it fear or is it faith? Is it worry or is it worship? Is it panic or is it peace? Both things cannot occupy the same spot in your life. I've never seen someone just in full worship with God and saying, I don't know how I'm gonna pay my bills. I mean, you're in fully engaged in worship, and it's not just song, but it's in worship in spirit. Because there is a place in my life, in your life, that worship and worry are jockeying and fighting for that, that spot in our life. And whatever takes control of that area of life will control us. So if it's fear, oftentimes faith struggles, right? Panic, peace, worship, worry. We have to fight for those spaces, so we gotta ask the Lord to take us deeper in peace. Look what happens here in Matthew 14. Jesus came walking on the very thing they thought was gonna kill them. That's how powerful he is. When he was on the boat with them, he was asleep. Woke up, peace, be still, and the sea became glass, right? 
but on the water, he walks on that very thing that they think is gonna take them out. Just know that he wants to take you deeper in peace, but it is gonna come from a place of prayer that you can experience him like never before. These experienced fishermen on the water are panicking, and then they see Jesus and they cry out, it's a ghost. I mean, they're just all over the map. They are in struggle mode 100%. Can we relate? Yes, I can. But he's calling us and taking us to a deeper level of peace. February 15th, I got a phone call. February 2nd, I got the call from the trainers. Uh, you tested positive. Dang. A few days later, my son, you positive too. Golly, everybody's quarantined, all that stuff. February 15th, got a phone call from my dad in tears. Carl's not a big crier. He's an amazing man, just not big on crying. And he's crying and said, Mikado, your cousin Courtney didn't wake up. 36 years old, storming in my life. My first cousin, 36 years old, did not wake up. February 22nd, one week later, got a phone call from another relative, your cousin Keith. Now, Keith was instrumental in when I first gave my life to Christ. A few months after that, he and I went to a Promise Keepers meeting in Denver, Colorado at Folsom Field together. I didn't know Genesis from Revelations. All I know is I'm sitting there going, man, who's this guy, Evie Hill? Wow, he's good. Chuck Swindoll, oh man, that's a good word. I didn't know anything. But Keith was the one who said, you're coming with me to Denver. February 22nd, got the phone call that he passed away from a heart attack. Storming in my life. No one's exempt from the storm, and I needed some peace from God. Take me deeper in peace. Isaiah 41.10 says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear. Take me deeper, Lord, in peace. Take me deeper, Lord, in trust. Oh, the title, the title point, right? All I want you to do is trust me. The great promise in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is that we have something to do. We have to trust in him with all, not some, not a portion, not depending on what my day looks like, but all my heart. I also have the responsibility to lean not to my own understanding. How many times has your understanding and mine gotten us in bad places, right? But if we can trust in him and lean out on our understanding and acknowledge him in all of our ways, he gives us a promise. I will, he will direct our path. God, I'm trusting you for something big. Well, you got your part to do. I have my part to do. I'm faithful to do my part. Will you do yours? Sometimes that's tough. Trust is a two-way street, y'all. God's faithful to do his part, but he, are we trustworthy to do our part? He's a good, good father. That won't change. Any relationship worth having is built on what? Trust. But yeah, that's my good friend. You trust him? Mm, I don't know how close they are to you. Every relationship that is strong and solid is built on trust. But trust must be coupled with something. You ready? Take me deeper, Lord, in obedience. Ah, 
you sure? Yeah, I trust you. Okay, do what I say then. See, when Jesus, the, the, the trust factor is, when, he's, when they said, uh, Lord, um, he said, don't be afraid, it's me. You know what he's literally saying? He's saying, I am is here. Not it is I, that's what it reads. But he's saying, the great I am is here. They're, free, they're freaking out. And he's like, calm down, chill. I am is here. Okay, I trust that you're here. Okay, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. We have a saying in our house, slow obey is no obey. <laughs> it's worked uh, 95% of the time. Slow obey is no obey. Son, take out the trash. Okay, I will. Whoa, 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 whoa. Son, take out the trash now. Dad, I'll get to it. Son, slow obey. You're now teetering into disobedience. And usually there's consequences for being disobedient. Obedience is one of the toughest things to do because you can say, man, my prayer life, great. Man, I'm walking in peace. Man, that's great. I'm, I'm really feeling, I trust God. Are you willing to do what he told you to do? Sometimes that obedience is telling someone sorry that wronged you. Telling someone you forgive them if they wronged you. It may seem like a little thing, but it's a big thing. Obedience. Are you willing, if he tells you to climb out of the boat, are you willing to climb? How many disciples were on the boat? How many climbed out? They all cried out in fear, Lord, if it's you, all these, they were all, it was plural, they were talking. And then Peter, singular, said, Lord, if it's you, really? Tell me to come. And he said, come. Peter climbed his old happy self out of the boat. He didn't get nudged, he didn't get pushed. He's like, I got this. Obedience, man, it, it, it takes something, it takes a special person to walk in obedience. It's tough, it's challenging. But let me tell you, it's so doggone rewarding. You say, I didn't know what God was wanting to do through this, but I am so glad I stepped out. And I'm so glad that I listened to him. I'm so glad that I trusted him. And I'm so glad I obeyed him. And you know what? He showed up and he showed out. Take me deeper, Lord, in obedience. Sometimes we just have to step out of what's comfortable and safe and say, you got it, God. So Peter climbs out of the boat. And what does he do? He literally starts walking on water. How, what was the only way that he walked on the water? He had to keep his eyes fixed on who? Jesus. When you start looking at the circumstances, the wind and the waves and all the other things, there is a good chance that you're going to sink. There is a great chance that this big fella is gonna sink real fast, right? But at the end of the day, if we keep our eyes locked on him, fixed on him, the author and the perfecter of our faith, Hebrews 12, if we're focused on him, the one who endured the cross, despised its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, if we keep our eyes fixed on him, there's nothing that we can't do once we lock in with prayer, right? Once we experience and walk in his peace, once we say, I trust you, no matter what's going on, you get it all, I trust you, I trust you so much, I'll do what you say do. Climb out of the boat, Done deal, I'm climbing out. And Peter walked on the water as long as he kept his eyes fixed on Jesus. Take me deeper in obedience. And the last point, which kind of encapsulates them all together. Take me deeper, Lord, 
in faith. But when he saw the strength of the wind and was afraid, he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me, there's prayer. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said, you have little faith. Did he say you have no faith? Look, there's seasons of life. Sometimes we, we say, man, I got the faith that'll move a mountain. But then sometimes we're just like, I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I just got little faith right now. God can work with that. Remember what faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. You want to live a life that pleases God? Hebrews eleven six. You have to believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It is impossible to please God without faith. Take me deeper, Lord, in my faith. How is he going to do that? Take me deeper in prayer. How are you going to do that? Take me deeper in peace. How are you going to do that? Take me deeper in trust. How are you going to do that? Take me deeper in obedience. How are you going to do that? The foundation of it all. Take me deeper in my faith. Faith is the foundation. It's not the prettiest part of the home, but it's necessary because we can't live lives that are pleasing to God unless we have faith. So stop beating yourself up. If you're not where you currently want to be, you're in a season of life. You're not, God hasn't looked and said, oh, I didn't know you were there. I didn't know you were going through that. He knows all, he sees all. And he's got you exactly where he wants you. But he wants to take you and I deeper. And so that night as I drove down I-35 South, somewhere around Ardmore, Perry, Oklahoma, I can't remember, and I heard God in the still small voice nudge me and say, all I want you to do is trust me. That was December of 2013. January of 2014, I got a phone call from Texas A&M University and said, we're creating a position with you in mind, director of player development. I know you've said no for two years in a row, which I did. Didn't feel like God was saying go. But this time something was different because on I-35 South, God nudged me and said, trust me. So in January of 2014, got the phone call, sought counsel, talked to mentors, my pastor, all those things, and they were all confirming, yes, 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 it's time to go. My family was like, what, what? Well, we all our friends and stuff. They came kicking, scratching, and clawing, but it has been the best move that we could have ever made. And my mentor told me, Makata, whatever God wants to do through you, he has to take you through College Station. And it, has, it is true as true is. But all God says I want you to do is trust me. And now going into my eighth football season, we've taken six mission trips. We've gone to Haiti four times. We've gone to Dominican twice. We've taken, I'm not bragging on what's been done, but God has been faithful if we trust him and then obey what he says do. We've seen over 70 student athletes get baptized in these countries, all sports. Over 300 athletes have gone. We've seen God do amazing things and he's chosen to use us just to serve him in that space with Mission of Hope in Haiti and the Dominican Republic. But in December of 2013, driving down I-35 South, I had no idea what God wanted to do with Team Henson. But I said, God, I trust you. And not only did I say I trust you, it drew me, took me deeper 
in prayer. It took me deeper where I walked and experienced his peace. It took me deeper, yes, in trust. It took me deeper in obedience. It has taken me deeper in my faith because God is faithful. And I don't know where you are today. I don't know where in this journey you are. You could be standing on the sidelines saying, hmm, what is this Jesus thing really all about? Hey, I'm so glad you're here. You could be new in this race and you're so full of zeal, maybe not as much wisdom, but a lot of zeal and you're running hard after God like I was at one point. Man, and then sometimes we get to a point where we plateau. And you feel like God's in New York and you're in LA. I mean, you're like, man, I feel so distant from God. But in some of you, you've been faithful and you've been running hard after God. You're serving as a door holder. You're, you're, you're a light in your office. You're a light uh, amongst your friends. I celebrate you. God is so proud of you. We're family. There's a resemblance, y'all. But I knew that God said, take me deep. I wanted God to take me deep in those areas of my life. And I thought it was just trust. So I don't know how that word speaks to you today. I hope that it encourages you. I hope that it challenges you. And you know what? I hope it <clears throat> gives you that little nudge. And I don't know in what area, but the Holy Spirit, let him deal with you. And he will do that. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church DC podcast.